I thought, oh gosh, there are probably so many older people who are at home who could really use just something out of the ordinary to cheer them up. And so that's where the idea came from. Welcome to Sanity Pod by Sanity Media. I'm Audrey Scagnelli, and I think we could all use a little more sanity right now. In the spirit of Mr. Rogers, on this season, you'll hear from the helpers, people moving mountains near and far to help their communities, many from the front lines. Back in 2015, the writer David Brooks wrote The Moral Bucket List, and in it, he describes perfectly our next guest. He writes, About once a month, I run across a person who radiates an inner light. These people can be in any walk of life. They seem deeply good. They listen well. They make you feel funny and valued. You often catch them looking after other people. And as they do so, their laugh is musical and their manner is infused with gratitude. They are not thinking about what wonderful work they are doing. They are not thinking about themselves at all. Well, Chloe Groth is not only one of those people whose laugh is musical, but she is musical. She's a violinist and has been for 30 years. And I got to know her because she came to our family's front yard and performed for my 93-year-old grandmother. It was one of the most beautiful moments that we've had in quarantine. And she is volunteering her time and performing four days a week, every week, for elderly and lonely individuals. And it's just... um, It's just a really beautiful act of kindness. So in this episode, we'll hear from Chloe, and we'll also hear from Hadley Heath Manning. She's the Director of Public Policy at the Independent Women's Forum, and they have created an effort called In This Together that is spotlighting acts of kindness. This is Chloe. Just thinking about the work I've gotten to do the last couple weeks uh, playing for people makes me feel just so happy and joyful. I'm a Suzuki violin teacher and play violin locally in New Orleans. So the Suzuki method is a way of teaching young children to learn the violin. It's kind of modeled in the same way we teach speech through imitation and repetition. One of the cool things about the Suzuki method is that the mission behind it was to not only teach a beautiful instrument, but to help spread beauty and joy in the world after the Second World War. Uh, It was begun in Japan by Shinichi Suzuki. And his mission wasn't just music. Like I said, it was um, to create beautiful hearts and beautiful human beings. And so I often tell my students, of course, we want to play the violin well, but we first and foremost want to learn how to be kind, loving, accepting, and um, empathetic human beings. So I would say that the idea originally came from, from that work that I do. And then we're all homebound right now. We all have to stay at home almost all the time. And that's such a weird thing for all of us humans because we're so social. So um, it began by just playing violin on my porch for people walking by. It fed my soul and also people enjoyed it as they walked by. And then one day a neighbor across the street was turning 95 and her caregiver asked if I would play a happy birthday for her for her 95th birthday. And I did. And I thought, oh gosh, there are probably so many older people who are at home who could really use just something out of the ordinary to cheer them up. And so that's where the idea came from. Oh, it's just so beautiful. When when you came to our block, we'd emailed the neighbors uh, in advance of your arrival. And 
almost every neighborhood was standing outside of their homes listening. And you started with playing Somewhere Over the Rainbow. I don't know if there was a dry eye on the block. I mean, it was just... <laughs> it was really special, you know, going and just seeing people very, you know, safely at, at a good distance, listening and being together in one of the only ways we can, you know, outdoors, gathering around something special that was happening. It felt like a really special moment to be a part of. Right now, when I go visit people's homes, I feel so thankful for the opportunity to play for them because it lifts my spirits too. And seeing their change in demeanor, you know, maybe if they're a little down when I started playing, seeing their smiles is so uplifting. It really was very special. You've been using uh, Nextdoor to connect with people all across the city. So how has that, how has that process been like using Nextdoor? Well, you know, I wasn't really sure how it would go over. I made a post on Nextdoor and said, uh, you know, I wanted to offer this service to people and they could get in touch with me and we would make a schedule. And it kind of was a big boom, you know, people automatically said, oh yeah, my grandmother or my adopted grandmother or my great aunt or I myself am feeling down and would love a visit. You know, I just started scheduling people and honestly have visits scheduled for the next month. I think I go four times a week to visit people. Of all of these moments that you've had, can you share about maybe one or two that, that have really kind of stuck with you? One of the special things is due to my schedule and the fact that my kids are home all the time, I uh, basically have my um, two preschoolers with me every time I go make a visit. And so I love that that's kind of a surprise for people because older people often aren't getting to interact with really young children, especially right now. So I love seeing how excited they are to see my children. And my kids like coming too. Uh, My older son also plays the violin. But I would say the most special was one of my first visits. I went and visited a really kind woman and I played the first song. She ran back inside. I thought, gosh, I hope she's okay. I'm not sure what's going on. And she came out and she put on top of her car something for me. She said, this is for you. I'll leave it right here. And you come get it once I'm back on my porch. I went over to the car and she had given me a pin she had made. She'd made these kind of Mardi Gras, Fleur de Lis pins. And she made one for me and made one for my son and gave it to me. And it was so special to receive that because I could tell she really put her heart into it. And after that, I played some gospel songs that she really liked and threw in some Bach and other things. And we had such a nice connection and I felt so happy to have visited her. That's so kind and so New Orleans. My my grandmother loves children and seeing your little guys really, uh, I think, touched her and, and the rest of the block too. Um, so you've, you've spent 30 years of your life, the majority of your life, perfecting and performing and learning the violin. What do you love most about music? I love that it's something that you can put your heart and your brain into your whole life. Because you can always be curious about how you can grow what you're doing to something even more beautiful. And you also can spend your whole life sharing it with other people. You know, you don't outgrow it because it's not a sport that your body outgrows. And it's something you can always find a way to share with another person. And and that's what makes it special. You know, oftentimes my students will kind of get stuck in the drudgery of practicing every day because I ask them to practice their instrument every day. When I can take them somewhere, like we went to Poitras home last year, um, we'd scheduled a performance at the Children's Museum, but obviously we couldn't do that. But 
when I can show them what an influence they can have in the community and what a difference they can make for people and how they can connect with people without even realizing they were going to, that makes it so special for them. And then they can go back to their practice room, put in the effort and the work that needs to be done and and look forward to sharing it again next time. What a beautiful message. Do you have any advice for people who are trying to figure out how to give back in, in some way? You know, I think we all have something inside of us, like something that we feel strongly about, something that we feel like, oh, I could use this little bit of myself or, oh, I really care about this thing. And I think if you are quiet and listen to what that thing is, and for me, it's music and also just connecting with other people because I love that. I I love seeing people's eyes sparkle and light up when they feel listened to and cared about. And so I think if you can find what is it in yourself that makes your own heart sparkle and makes you feel excited to share that thing with other people, you can employ that thing in just about any way. It just takes some creativity and and some bravery. Before we close our conversation, the last question that we ask every guest on Sanity is what are you most optimistic about right now? I think there's so much that we could worry about right now in our world because we can't have the answers for what's next or how long or when or where or exactly how things are going to happen next. But I do feel optimistic because there are little things that have come from this hard time. Um, You know, people making masks for each other or visiting people in safe ways or making meals or donating money or connecting with people they didn't expect to connect with. And those little, little gems of humanity and love, I don't think those have to go away, even when we're in a healthier and safer time in our in our world's history. So I'm optimistic because I think those little gems have come to light through this really hard time. And I think they can continue. Well, I agree with your sentiment completely. And I hope that they do continue. Thank you so much again for, for speaking with me and for coming to our house and, and playing for my grandmother. It was a pleasure. I'd love to come back. This is Chloe performing alongside her husband, who plays the piano. Before we close, we spoke with Hadley Heath Manning. She's in Colorado and the director of public policy at the Independent Women's Forum. And she's been working on an effort called In This Together to spotlight acts of kindness, big and small. And clearly, we had a few things to talk about. Here's Hadley. As I'm sure you're familiar, the Mr. Rogers quote says, look for the helpers, right? And I think everybody 
felt this sense of weight and just the gravity of the situation with the pandemic. So uncertain. It's so challenging. We wanted something positive to share, to think about, to put our mind on. And there is so much, so many positive things going on. The silver linings are everywhere. The way Americans are doing individual acts of kindness, even really big acts of kindness um, at the corporate scale, um, but in our communities at the very smallest scale. So we wanted to highlight all those positive stories and you can find them online at iwf.org slash coronavirus dash heroes, or you can submit your own. I've been touched by these stories as well. And in fact, the kickoff for each episode and the closing for each episode features a little bit of Mr. Rogers. Have you gotten a lot of responses or feedback from members of your community who have been exposed to these stories through the work you guys are doing? Yes. In fact, a lot of the stories do come from places like nextdoor.com where neighbors are already congregating and trying to swap favors and provide for one another one of the takeaways for me from this project has been just the excitement that people feel about being helpers themselves and how everyone is looking for a way to plug in. And I know it's, it's trite and probably a saying that gets used too often, but in this case, it really is just as blessed to give as it is to receive. I mean, I've been on the receiving in myself of acts of kindness um, throughout the, the pandemic, but it, is, it feels so good to be able to do something. Everyone wants to do something, right? And of course, there are People like my husband, he's a doctor, he's treating COVID patients, you know, he gets to really put his skill set to use in this situation. But there's no person and no contribution that is too small, that every single thing that we do for one another, it builds a stronger sense of community. And it's going to be that community that helps lift our spirits and get us out of this. Thank you to your husband for what he's doing. Could you share perhaps one or two small acts of kindness that you and your family have received? One of the challenges of having a young family and having an essential worker in your household is that it's hard to get to the store. I don't like to bring my kids with me to the store. We're trying to, you know, for public health reasons, trying not to bring our kids any place. And I just in in casual conversation had mentioned to my neighbor that I was unable to get pasta on my last store run. And it's also a staple of a a young family's diet is my kids eat a lot of pasta. And so the next day, my neighbors came over and brought me some pasta. Another thing that has encouraged me so much is some of the healthcare workers who work with my husband. Early on in the pandemic, they were concerned about shortages of blood donations because uh, blood is something that hospitals continue to need at all times, inside or outside of a pandemic. But people might have been afraid to give, afraid to go to the blood centers when they were concerned about transmission of the disease. So in that time, I was calling my local blood donation center to see if I could get in for an appointment. And I had the hardest time getting in because they were so overwhelmed. They were just flooded with people who heard about the potential shortage and wanted to literally open their veins to, to give blood. And I was so encouraged by that. And I hope that our healthcare workforce has been encouraged by that response as well. Before we close, we ask every guest on Sanity, what are you most optimistic about right now? Oh, man, I think that the thing I'm most optimistic about with regard to the pandemic is the word I keep coming back to is clarifying. I think for me personally, it's been a clarifying chapter in my life because it's sort of clarified to me what is the most important and what are the things that I should be grateful for that I often take for granted. And what are the things in my life that maybe I dedicated too much time and effort and energy and importance to that really aren't that important? And so maybe the thing I'm optimistic about for me and for my neighbors and for all of us is that going through this very challenging time 
on the other side of it would come out not just with a greater sense of community in our neighborhoods, but also with a greater sense of purpose and what's important moving forward. This pandemic's a reminder you got to put your relationships first because you might end up having to quarantine with those people. (laughs) Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us and, and thanks for sharing these stories with your community. Thanks, Audrey. Thanks so much for listening. And thanks to Hadley Heath Manning and Chloe Grove for making my grandmother's day and our whole blocks too. On our next episode, we'll hear from Zappos and what they're doing to help tackle loneliness with a customer service focus. If you'd like to get in touch or if you've been touched by a helper, please email us. We're at info at sanitymedia.com. And don't forget to look for the helpers. As Mr. Rogers says, If you look for the helpers, you'll know that there's hope.